Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this, our 100th episode, we look back on all the fun we've had over the last four years. We propose a new kind of friendlier exercise program. We extol the virtues of knolling. We fill you in on facts about our largest state. And we reveal secrets about how people lie with their eyes. The Old Dog's Conversation is with Mike Vance, a writer, producer, and veteran stand-up comic with whom we'll expound on the past year. Stay with us. Well, Paul, I can guess what's on your mind today. Well, guess away. What do you think? Our 100th episode is upon us. Well, that was on my mind. Yeah. It really was. Who would have thought that when we started this adventure four years ago, we would hit 100 episodes? Well, I don't know about you, but I was wondering if we'd still be alive at 100 episodes, <laughs> and here we are. Well, there may be a question about 200. Maybe uh, so. If we reach 200 episodes. But I tell you, it's been a great adventure and a lot of fun, and we have interviewed a ton of interesting people. Fascinating people. That, to me, has always been, I think, the most fun of this podcast, uh, is folks in their 70s, even 80s, are doing interesting, productive things. You know, they're continuing their careers, or they're writing their first novel. Yeah, uh, and nobody was forcing them to do any of this. For the most part, you know, they seem to naturally gravitate from one episode of their lives to the next episode. They found retirement, quote-unquote, as an opportunity to pursue their passion, whatever that passion might be. We always ask our people that we're interviewing what their formula is or what do they recommend for mm -hmm. other people our age, and that's always interesting. Yeah. Uh I think they have tended towards you've got to find something to invest your energies in. You've got to find a reason for getting up each morning. Yeah, and I think a word that comes up quite often is the word passion. Whatever their earlier experiences were, perhaps especially with their jobs, that they felt like they owed it to themselves to do something with passion, something that they were passionate about, that they were thoroughly involved with. Uh, and I think that that is something that kind of powers their energy and gives them new purpose in life. I agree. And, and I would say to a large extent, that's what our podcast does, at least for me. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Jim, but it has been an enjoyable project for all of the four years. There are times, you know, when you feel like, uh, in, especially in the last three years, where you might feel isolated uh, and uh, restricted in what you can do. Uh, but the, the fact that we've been able to get together every week and talk about things and to uh, trade jokes and things like that, I think that it's tended to keep me a little sharper than maybe I would have been otherwise. Well, do you want an objective opinion on that, I'm, I'm afraid not, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave that one stand. For most folks, it's difficult to fit a long exercise routine into your day. So how about a beneficial exercise routine that only takes three minutes? This pod nugget is from Nice News for January 5th, 2023. 
A study published in the journal Nature linked better health with a total of three minutes of exercise a day. Unfortunately, vigorously eating a sandwich for three minutes doesn't qualify. People had to perform one-minute-long bursts of intense exercise three times a day. As a result of this minimal exertion, they had a 40% reduction in mortality risk. And you don't have to head to the gym. Everyday routine tasks qualify as exercise. For example, taking out the garbage or bringing in the groceries. They even coined a term for the three-minute workout, vigorous intermittent physical activity, or VILPA. This study comes on the heels of several other studies that lowballed the amount of exercise with health benefits. The European Heart Journal suggested 15 minutes a week. The British Journal of Sports Medicine reduced the commitment to 10 minutes a week. Well, until something shorter comes along, I'm going to go with the three minutes a day. The key with this method is interrupting being sedentary. This triggers increased blood flow and better regulation of blood sugar levels. In an age when red wine and coffee are considered health food, I am happy to devote three minutes a day to an intense workout. Paul, do you think working on our podcast constitutes vigorous exercise? I think so. Me in too. fact, I'm, I'm hoping that in the future they will say just thinking of exercise for three minutes will constitute a workout. I think you're on to something. Marie Kondo has inspired a lot of people to declutter their homes. Well, now make room for knolling because you will need more room. This pod nugget is from the website dwell.com. Marie Kondo is a best-selling author and pop culture celebrity who initiated a minimalist trend of decluttering your home. Her formula was to keep items that sparked joy and get rid of anything that didn't. Condoing didn't work for everyone. In my case, not much sparked joy, and a lot didn't, including most cleaning products, toilet brushes, vacuum cleaners, and dusting rags. Following that roadmap, my home would be empty, but unfit for human habitation. Ah, enter Noling, a method for keeping your clutter, whether joyful or not. Noling is a trend popularized by an artist named Tom Sachs. He named the organizational method after the late architect Florence Knoll as a tribute to her angular designs. Knolling started as an organizational method for a workshop. Well, this is the short version of Knolling. If you are not going to use an item for a while, put it away. Group other items by their purpose and arrange them at right angles to each other or the surface they rest on. The result is, a jumble of stuff now looks orderly. Whether you are condoing or knowling, it seems to be overly complicated. I think I'll stay with my own organizational system. If it's a month past its use-by date, I'll toss it out. Oh, don't tell your wife about that. Oh. She may toss you out. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's past her use-by date. Most Americans don't visit Alaska, or if they do, it's a brief land excursion from their cruise ship to look at ice. So here's a few Alaska facts to get some respect for our largest state. This pod nugget is from the Interesting Facts website. Alaska is not only the biggest state by a large margin, it has more coastline than all the other states combined. The state is also home to the 10 highest mountain peaks in the United States and has far more volcanoes than any other state. 
Alaska has 3 million lakes, more than 12,000 rivers, and an estimated 100,000 glaciers. Alaska's coastline borders three seas, the Buford, Bering, and Chukchi, along with the Pacific and Arctic Oceans. Alaska is home to 227 federally recognized indigenous tribes, more than any other state in the U.S. Nearly one in six Alaskans is considered Native American. Alaska is the most popular state for flying in the U.S. One of every 58 Alaskans is a registered pilot, and one out of 59 owns their own airplane. And finally, the state is protective of their moose. It has laws against pushing a moose from a plane, viewing a moose from a plane, and giving a moose a beer, to name a few. Viewing well, like a to moose. Go to Alaska for that. Huh? How do you prosecute someone who views a moose from a plane? Or how do you find somebody feeding a beer to a moose? I don't know. <laughs> if you wish you were better at spotting liars, here's a few pointers that can help. This pod nugget is from the website Nothing Political. Avoiding someone's gaze can be a telltale sign that the speaker is lying. It's a subconscious way of avoiding detection. So take note of whether someone is making sustained eye contact when they're trying to persuade you of something. Asking questions that surprise someone can catch a liar off guard. They may slip up in their story if they're not expecting you to ask certain questions. For example, someone may be telling a whopper about visiting a place they've never been to. Ask them about the local food. Body language is also a good lie detector. Studies have shown that people adopt more closed body language when they're stretching the truth, such as crossing their arms or legs. Now, this is a little subtle, but liars use a higher-pitched voice when they're lying to you. Like I said, this is difficult to decipher, especially if you don't know the person well or if they have just inhaled, for example, helium. And finally, liars are often defensive when confronted with accusations or questions. They go out of their way to prove their honesty by unnecessarily providing excessive details or evidence. Yeah, like the lady doth protest too much. Of course, just one of these telltale signs is not enough to spot a liar. You're looking for a pattern of behavior, and you have to use your better judgment. In some cases, calling someone a liar is unwise if you're in a long-term relationship with a liar and you want to avoid a sharp elbow to the ribs as you sleep. Mike Vance is one of those rare people who is funnier than we are. He was the first comedian ever on stage at Paul's famous comedy workshop's stand-up night. Mike has appeared nationally on Showtime, A&E, and Comedy Central, and headlined clubs in 30-some states and five countries. Mike's popular characters include Coach Leon Springs, basketball expert Jacques Layup, NASCAR Kenny, and the ghost of Harry Carey. If that's not enough, Mike is a celebrated authority on Texas history, writing and producing the Birth of Texas series and postcards from Texas. Mike is here to give us his unique perspective on 2022. Our guest today is Mike Vance, an old friend of both of ours from a while back. And the three of us are going to attempt to look back on the last year and just our uh, kind of impressions about what was going on. Last year, we entered our third year of COVID. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious about how that kind of wore on people last year. You know, I moved out away from Houston out to the country and... I've seen how people out here where there are 
no big crowds as a, a norm. They did not take it nearly as seriously as people in the city did. Um, and I think they had the same wake up call that, oh, people are actually dying from this. Well, it, it also took on political overtones, which is unfortunate. A lot of people saw wearing a mask as an infringement of their personal liberty. You've seen the studies that uh, it proportionately hit the the red states and red areas a lot harder, and more of those people died. And you would think that people on the face of it would be concerned about uh, getting sick and dying. But, hey, if you got a political statement to make. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any concern among any people. Whether you've got a mask on or not, that's up to you, and you're fine. Uh, but uh, I still sort of bristle when I see people in close contact, you know, in close environments that are not wearing masks, and we try to stay away from it. What about you? When I go to the doctor's office, uh, I will, because that's where the sick people hang out. Um, but that's... Mike, where you live, your closest neighbors are sheep. Well, they're cows, actually. But, uh, oh, cows, okay. I mean, yeah, we're in a very manly neighborhood, Paul. Ah, okay. But well, uh, I tell you, the, the, there's another aspect too: is that two years of our being in solitary with COVID, I think there are some lasting changes to how we live our lives. First of all, work uh, work is done mostly remotely now. Uh, meetings with people is mostly done over Zoom. Any thoughts on all that? Yeah, my wife. Um, had been working remotely at the start of that. And that was part of the reason that we moved out of the city was because we could work remotely. And after doing that for 16 months, as soon as she said, well, we're going to move, they said, oh, well, then we're going to have to replace you. <laughs> but I've been doing the job for 16 months remotely. Well, you're, you're going to be another extra two counties away now. So not everybody on the employer side is buying into the remote work thing. Uh, I wish more of them would because it's obviously it's better for the environment. It uses less less gas, saves you money on parking and tolls. So a great thing for everybody involved. You can still go into an office if you need to. I'll tell you one thing is my wardrobe has suffered greatly. I mean, I'm running out of pajamas to wear at home, for example. I, I need to go out and buy new pajamas. I am saving so much money. By not having pants. <laughs> don't, don't your knees get cold, though, Mike? I don't know. You guys are sharing more than I'm, I'm ready for. <laughs> I'm fine. I love Zoom meetings. They're great. I can stay at home. Everybody's happy. Well, you know, another interesting thing about last year is uh, it, it seemed that NASA has finally reappeared after uh, kind of turning our space program over to the Russians. Uh, you know, for example, the James Webb Space Telescope fantastic thing it is it's amazing the clarity and the distance they actually got a shot of kevin mccarthy's integrity <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah. what star was that on I, it's, it, however many light years away but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and, and i love the space program i think that it it's an inspiration to achievement and i think that it inspires a lot of uh, scientists whether they go into space science or not I think it's it's good for the, the STEM disciplines. I think it's a wonderful thing. Well, one thing that that is happening is that extremely wealthy people now at least have a shot of uh, hitching a ride on one of these trips into space. Well, if we combine that with a game show kind of mentality yeah. and let people vote on who gets to come back, we could have everybody buys a vote for a dollar. So you could vote for a dollar and you could say, you know, Elon, 
I don't see you coming back on this one. <laughs> that could pay for the entire space program. That's true. <laughs> we were in the area of sports. How about Britton Griner? Uh, this is a very accomplished basketball player who has spent uh, several off-season years in Russia performing for their teams, and suddenly she is caught with some vaping materials and ends up in prison. First of all, just I would point out that Americans are so amazingly selective in their outrage. They ended up trading uh, an arms dealer. From what I understand, I mean, obviously, his crimes were much more egregious than hers. But the groundswell of how can you leave her over there um, didn't leave a lot of uh, a lot of room. Right. Well, see, I was I was advocating, well, why don't you trade like for like? Let's give them Dennis Rodman, for example, to get her back. I'm always for shipping Dennis Rodman off to another country. Something that popped up last year that was puzzling to me was monkeypox. What the heck is monkeypox? People were saying, well, this is our next plague. We've got to prepare for monkeypox. And that kind of fizzled out. Obviously, the news has always been sensational. That's how you sell things. Sure. Way back before electronic media, the newspaper barons were absolutely without scruples. And the whole idea of, well, what did we print yesterday? Okay, print the opposite of that today and we'll sell some papers. So how do you even know what to get worried about and concerned about anymore when we had just come off of this one pandemic and there are people sitting around going, we need more clicks. We have got to get more clicks. I mean, for all we know. Another disease. Yeah. For all we know, they made up monkeypox. You have to really do some research to even figure that out. Obviously, they didn't. And obviously, we should be concerned about those poor monkeys. Uh, here's a sad thing last year. Uh, Queen Elizabeth celebrated her Platinum Jubilee in June. 70 years of reigning in, in her country. And then a few months later, she died. Uh, it's kind of a mixed thing, huh? Well, she was 138, right? Is, is that correct? 37. Uh, somewhere in that one, 137. Right? Okay. But what's kind of interesting is she had pretty much a uh, blemish-free reign. But boy, isn't she turning the reins over to a cuckoo family? No, I think Charles is okay. Charles used to, used to go on railing about uh, British architecture all the time, which is kind of out there and kind of charming for... Uh, a king to have as a cause. I think the, the monarchy exists so that uh, there can be new television series springing out of it. Any thoughts on that? I think that's a big possibility. Uh, it's a tourist draw. If you go to London, drive by Buckingham Palace, and they're night and day, there are always people standing around out there watching the guards, trying to get a glimpse of somebody coming and going. Um, they have tours of most of those palaces. I think that's one of the big tourist draws of Britain. So they're functioning as an amusement park? Is that what you're it saying? Is. It's, it's, it's kind of like that. Big money maker. Looking back over some other stuff, and I guess we really have to deal with the Supreme Court, which has been growing more and more conservative. And uh, the, their big move this year was overturning Roe v. Wade. Yeah, all of them. Kavanaugh, Gorsuch adamantly said, no, we are not going to change this. And everyone in America, except uh, Susan Collins, the senator from Maine, I think, uh, knew that they were absolutely lying. Well, I think we'll be hearing a lot more from the uh, the Supreme Court now that it is uh, so obviously conservative. 
a frightening place from my point of view, where we are right now with the Supreme Court. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because it's legislating. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not doing the job it was intended for. That's what happens a lot in this country is the Supreme Court makes a decision. You accept that as the legal precedent. And then Congress is not under the gun to ever go back and really establish it as, as a clear law. And as long as we're kind of skating around politics, uh, what about the congressional elections last year? Bit of a surprise. Everybody was predicting a landslide for Republicans. And I think that was prevented by a lot of Republicans talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or the electorate listening. The polarization of the, the country is obviously real. And I'm not necessarily sure how we get back to a collegial kind of Congress. Historically, you would see that more in the Senate because people tended to stay there longer. They got to know one another. Uh, the House has always been uh, the place, again, going back to the 19th century, where somebody beats another member with a cane. So, <laughs> you know, a little a little bit of that, that has a historical background to it. That's America. But uh, we... We really need to get back to a place where just because you're on the other side of the aisle doesn't mean you're a, a mortal enemy. The media in general, I think, is one of the big problems for a couple of reasons. First of all, Reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine, which allowed for these completely one-sided Looney Tunes radio stations. Um, the other thing is just the way media is delivered now, you have to fill a lot more time. If there's not enough news, you fill that time with opinion. And that goes on both sides of the, the spectrum politically, that you're preaching the same thing over and over to the people that want to watch your station. So they are just getting reinforced. And that coupled with gerrymandering, you end up with an electorate in a given district that is has sent somebody to Congress and is constantly telling them, do not negotiate with the other side, because the other side is running a sex ring out of a pizza restaurant. Yeah. You mean that's not true? No, that's not true. Oh. You can quit eating pizza now, Jim. <laughs> you can't even get anchovies anymore, Jim. <laughs> Mike, I am really interested in your thoughts about Mar-a-Lago. Uh, what else do you think people are going to find there if they start looking for it? I heard a rumor that uh, there was a, a room that had six mail-order Eastern European women in it mm -hmm. uh, marked Next Wives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, here, getting back to sports, the uh, 2022 World Cup was held in Qatar for some godforsaken reason. Now, here's a sport, soccer, where uh, the followers are rabid, they're hard-drinking, they like to riot, and so they say, well, let's pick a Muslim country where, where it's illegal to drink. You know, I, I love the World Cup. I think it is the best sporting event on the planet, except for the United States. Time stops when your country plays. It's really amazing. You know, everybody, if you want to commit some sort of major crime anywhere else on the planet, wait for their team to be playing in the World Cup and you can walk in, rob the banks and the museums because everybody's going to be watching that game. Those uh, all, all of the rest of the world wants to go and, and pound down drinks. Can you imagine the Brits or the Australians that are over there and they've spent thousands of dollars 
with the promise of there's going to be beer in the in the stadiums and then what a week before they go yeah you know we're not going to do that well i think that mike we we want to kind of wrap this up by asking you if you had a way to summarize the spirit of 2022 the the essence of 2022 uh, how would you put that into a few well chosen words i'm afraid to because <laughs> At the end of every year, people come out and they go, man, thank God that year's over. Yeah. Well, that was the worst. And that, that just seems like tempting fate, if there ever was tempting fate. I almost want to go, wow, that was a great year. I'm looking forward to another one. Well, all right, then. I, Say, in your words, then, what made 2022 a great year? Well, it's over. <laughs> Like what you've been hearing? How about sharing the joy with your friends? We can always use more listeners. There are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned and keep howling at the moon.